MSW Media. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Thursday, February 24th, 2022. Today, Rudy Giuliani's lawyers appear to have reached a deal with the 1-6 committee for Rudy's testimony. The Trump Organization and its CFO, Alan Weisselberg, have filed a motion to dismiss the charges against them brought by the Manhattan District Attorney. And two prosecutors resign from the Manhattan District Attorney's office. The North Carolina Attorney General rejects Madison Cawthorn's claim that the Constitution doesn't apply to him. And John Eastman lays out how he became affiliated with Trump's post-election scheme in a court filing. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Hey, Dana, it's Thursday. It is. No. Thir- no. Is it? No, it it's is. Wednesday. Well, we're is recording on Wednesday, Jesus H. <laughs> we're recording on Wednesday. People are listening on Thursday. Now that we've established what day it is, oh how are God. you? <laughs> I am fine. We must confuse the shit out of our listeners all the time where they're, now they're questioning, wait, is it Thursday? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's looking at their phone right now. Yep. They sure are. Trying to decide what day. It but is. I'm doing okay. I, I'm, I'm a little, we're going to get into it. I'm dismayed with some of the news as we just touched on before we started recording. So we can talk about that more, but uh, I know you've got things you want to say. Yeah, I'm pissed. And also in other news, I'll be talking later with Kyle Cheney and his exclusive on John Eastman. He has an update with that and the whole backstory and um, also with the Madison Cawthorn story that he, he wrote both of those. And next week is my vacation that I take every eight weeks, but I'll be bringing you short headline blurbs and new amazing interviews. But don't worry, I'm I'm taking time off. <laughs> I actually just forgot until just now that we're not working <laughs> next week. I'm glad you said something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so what day is today and what week is it? Oh, my God. Yeah. So uh, but I, I will be bringing the headlines, but not 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 any major uh, deep dives or anything like that. And of course, content interviews, stuff like that. So you stick around. And uh, Biden has narrowed his picks for the Supreme Court down to three. Katanji Brown-Jackson, Leandra Kruger, and J. Michelle Childs, just as we thought. He has told us he will make his nomination before the end of the month. So that's this week. All right. <laughs> we'll see what happens. We'll see who he picks. And uh, with that, we've got some uh, news to get to. So let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right. First up from the New York Times. So it's immediately suspect. The two prosecutors (laughs) leading the Manhattan District Attorney's investigation into former President Trump and his business abruptly resigned on Wednesday amid a month long pause in their presentation of evidence to a grand jury. That's according to people with knowledge of the matter. The stunning development, the New York Times says, comes not long after the high stakes inquiry appeared to be gaining momentum. And this throws its future into doubt. The prosecutors, Dunn and Pomerantz, submitted their resignations after the new Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg indicated to them he had doubts about moving forward with a case against Trump. Pomerantz confirmed in a brief interview that he had resigned, but declined to elaborate, and Dunn also declined to comment. Without Bragg's commitment to move forward, the prosecutors late last month postponed a plan to question at least one witness before the grand jury, so they put off interviewing people in front of the grand jury. 
They have not questioned any witnesses in front of the grand jury for more than a month now, essentially pausing the investigation into whether Trump inflated the value of his assets to obtain favorable loan terms from banks. This is the shit that a court just ordered Ivanka Jr. and Donald to have to be deposed about. So I don't understand why this is happening. The precise reason for Bragg's pullback are unknown, and he has made few public statements about the status of the inquiry since taking office. Noah Schachtman has a source telling him Alvin Bragg appeared to back away from the politically sensitive investigation after he put out that day one memo and it got a lot of blowback. And I guess that may, according to Schachtman's source, that made Bragg more reluctant to pursue such a pot button prosecution. The resignations following the month long pause mark a reversal after the investigation had recently intensified. Cy Vance Jr., which who's the predecessor DA, convened the grand jury in the fall and prosecutors began questioning witnesses before his term concluded at the end of the year. Vance did not seek re-election. He has retired from from the DA's office, and um, he's the one who brought on Dunn and Pomerantz. In mid-January, reporters for the Times observed significant activity related to the investigation at the lower Manhattan courthouse, where the grand jury meets with at least two witnesses visiting the building and staying inside for hours. So it seemed like it was gaining momentum, and then it just stopped. They may have also simply declined to prosecute, but they couldn't, you know, because they maybe because they couldn't flip Weisselberg and maybe they don't have a case without him. And the resignations were maybe simply because the case is over. But as legal experts that I've been listening to all day and talking to have said that this clearly is a clear indication that they're upset about something, that they disagree with Bragg about something. Mm-hmm. Joyce Vance says she believes Dunn and Pomerantz were ready to indict and Bragg wasn't into it for reasons unknown. But it's of note that both Dunn and Pomerantz know far more about this case, went to the Supreme Court twice, Dunn argued to get those Mazars than the tax returns. And so they know far more about this case than the new DA who's been there for just over a month. In either case, I am calling on the Manhattan District Attorney to explain his declination if he is declining to prosecute. That's hugely important to the public interest and the restoration of faith in the rule of law. And it's in my pinned tweet right now, at Mueller, she wrote. So please go retweet it if you have a second. Thanks, AG. And that was the story I'm pissed about. Um, yeah, so we're moving on to the next, though. The former head of the Texas Power Grid testified in court Wednesday that when he ordered power prices to stay at a maximum price cap for days on end during last year's frigid winter storm and blackout, running up billions of dollars in bills for power companies, he was following the direction of who? Mm. Greg Abbott, who is on my you're a piece of shit list even more than normal today because of his trans bullshit, but um, we'll probably cover that later Mm -hmm. in the week. Now, Bill Magnus, the former CEO of the Electric Reliability Council of Texas, said even his power, I know, even his power plants were starting to come back online. Former Public Utility Commission Chairman Deanne Walker had told him that Abbott wanted them to do whatever necessary to prevent further rotating blackouts that left millions of Texans without power. Now, last year, the governor's spokesman, and that's Mark Miner, said the governor was not involved in any way in the decision to keep prices at the maximum of $9,000 per megawatt per hour, more than 150 times normal prices. He described a decision to send an aid to ERCOT's operations center in the middle of the crisis as based on the feeling the grid operator was spewing, quote, disinformation. This is another quote as Texans would expect. Governor Abbott instructed anyone involved that they must do what was needed to keep the power on and to prevent the loss of life. Now, this is the same instruction Governor Abbott gave to the PUC and ERCOT earlier this year. Do what needs to be done to keep power on. 
Miner said in an email Wednesday afternoon. Now, the decision to keep power prizes at the maximum cap is now at the center of a bankruptcy trial waged by the Waco-based electric co-op Brazos Electric. So Abbott is facing questions about his own culpability in the handling of last year's blackout. Democratic gubernatorial candidate Beto O'Rourke, go Beto, released a statement Wednesday claiming that Abbott had, quote, once again put the profits of his donors over the people of the state. Abbott screwed us, he continued to say. He'll continue to screw us until we vote him out. Mm. And that is an understatement at this point for the entire state of Texas. I hope people are eyes are wide open, ears are wide open, because this is bullshit and it's getting worse. Beto. Beto for governor. Abbott, by the way, as you had mentioned, also issued a letter today instructing mandated reporters, teachers, nurses, doctors to alert Child Protective Services to investigate families with trans children for child abuse. I'm so fucking angry about this. Yeah, me too. And I spoke with Charlotte Clymer about it, and we're going to release that interview in the coming days. Good. I can't wait. Thank you. Absolutely fucking disgusting. Just horrible. I I, I call it eugenics through fear. That is a good way to put it. This is horrifying. Yep. I don't have words right now, so I'm just going to Keep listening to the stories right that you're telling with the news. Yeah. Well, let's move on to uh, more Weisselberg Trump org shit. The Trump Organization and Weisselberg on Tuesday asked a judge to dismiss the criminal charges against them, arguing in court filings the case was politically motivated and was only brought because the defendants were linked to former President Trump, which is the exact losing argument Ivanka Donald Jr. and Donald made to the New York attorney general when they were trying to get to quash the, you know, the compelling her motion to compel them to be deposed. The Trump organization was charged by the Manhattan DA's office last summer, July, with organizing when I was on vacation, with organizing a year long scheme to compensate a number of its executives with off the books luxury perks, allowing them to avoid paying taxes. Its chief financial officer, Weisselberg, was charged with participating in the scheme and receiving rent free apartment, among other things, leased Mercedes Benzes, shit like that. Just bags of cash with, you know, not counted as income, so not taxable. The indictment accused Weisselberg of failing to pay state and federal income taxes on about $1.7 million in perks and charged him with a grand larceny for obtaining tax refunds to which he was not entitled. Trump was not charged, nor was he accused of any wrongdoing. But after the indictments last summer, the DA's office convened a new grand jury. We just went over this and continued to investigate whether Trump had defrauded his lenders by inflating the value of his assets to receive the best possible loan terms. New York Attorney General Tish James, whose office is participating in the criminal investigation, is also conducting a parallel civil inquiry into some of the same conduct. The office of the new Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg declined to comment on Tuesday's filings. Wonder (laughs) why. After that, two people fucking resigned. The office, which will have a chance to respond in its own court papers in the coming weeks to this particular motion, announced the charges in July under Bragg's predecessor, Cy Vance Jr. In a separate court filing Tuesday, lawyers for Trump's company and Mr. Weisselberg raised a number of legal arguments, including the contention that Trump's company had been improperly singled out for prosecution. He just lost on that argument in court. Okay. Both Weisselberg and the company, if they don't have anything else, right? They're like, well, fuck, we wrote these up. We might as well turn them in. You know? <laughs> <laughs> we don't have any other. And eh, just hand them in. Uh, Weisselberg and the company have denied all wrongdoing. Trump's lawyers, Susan Nichelles and Alan Fuderfoss and Gedalia Stern, said the prosecutors had targeted Donald Trump's associates and companies for investigation and prosecution based on their animus towards his speech and political views. 
They listed statements James made about Trump while she was running for office in 2018 and said the district attorney had embraced James's investigation despite. So not only could they, when they brought all this shit in on Tish James saying these things, did the judge go, fuck yourself, go fuck yourself. Yeah. But now they're saying, yeah, but Vance really likes Tish James and she said all those things. That's their argument now. Oy. In the court documents, Weisselberg's lawyers echoed that claim, calling it an unprecedented prosecution and describing their client as collateral damage in the Manhattan District Attorney. You could blame Trump for that, Mr. Weisselberg, in the years-long pursuit of Weisselberg's longtime boss, Donald Trump. Given the news about Alvin Bragg today, though, I'm hoping he defends Vance's indictments of the Trump org and Weisselberg. I mean, we're going to see. We are going to see. I know there's a lot of sighing in this recording today. I would say <laughs> I in this office, but we're in different places recording. So. <laughs> I um, said, uh, I said we should. It's it should be. I asked they might be giants to make me a new theme song called "Swearing with News" because you know, that's what's happening. There's gonna, yeah, fuck, 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 fuck. Okay. Um, from our friend Hugo Lowell at the Guardian, Rudy Giuliani is now expected to cooperate with the One Six Committee and potentially reveal his contacts with Republican members of Congress who were involved in the effort to overturn the results of the 2020 election. Now, the move by Giuliani to appear before the panel in a cooperation deal that could be agreed upon within weeks, that could mark a breakthrough moment for the committee. That is the case because even though Trump's allies and Republican members of Congress already already known to have been involved in such efforts, well, they refuse to help the panel. Now, Giuliani is now in a position to inform House investigators about any possible culpability. Hmm. So the former president's attorney, I love that they call him that, is prepared to reveal his contacts in the roles played by Republican members of Congress in the scheme to have Mike Pence stop the certification of the election. Giuliani is also prepared to divulge details about Trump's pressure campaign on Pence to adopt the scheme and the effort coordinated by him and the Trump White House to have legislatures certify fraudulent electors. But the former president's attorney has indicated that he will assist the select committee only if his appearance is not pursuant to his subpoena and does not have to give records or discuss his contacts with Trump over executive and attorney-client privileges concerns. So he's saying he'll do this, but I have a feeling there's going to be a whole lot of, oh, can't do that, oh, can't do Mm -hmm. that. So Mm -hmm. read the entire piece by Hugo Lowe in The Guardian. It's worth the read. The link will be in the Patreon newsletter along with the links to all the news that we cover. So it's a good reason to subscribe to be a Patreon. It's only $3 a month. It's super reasonable and you get you get those sort of extras so you can do your own deep dive into some of these articles. Yeah, we give you in my entire research notes for the week. It's pretty cool. And the North Carolina Attorney General. Again, that's the North Carolina Attorney General now has rejected Madison Cawthorn's claims that the Constitution doesn't apply to him. And uh, it, it's kind of a weird thing to have to say, no, sorry, the Constitution hasn't expired, <laughs> Madison. And there's new details in the John Eastman role in the attempted coup. And I'll discuss both those stories with the man that wrote them, Kyle Cheney for Politico, right after this. Stay with us. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's AG for The Beans. And today it's brought to you by Helix Sleep. Everybody knows how much I love sleeping and everyone knows how important sleep is. It's important for your health and your immune system and your mental health. And tossing and turning all night and being uncomfortable and waking up sore will make you tired all day and it's terrible. And my sleep has been erratic in the past. Initially, I thought it was stress, but as it turned out, I was sleeping on a garbage mattress. But Helix Sleep came to the rescue. You can take their online sleep quiz at helixsleep.com slash dailybeans and they will match you with a mattress to your specifications and you will get the best night's sleep of your life. They have a wide array of mattresses from soft, medium to firm. They have body temperature regulating mattresses. 
They have mattresses that help align your spine, and they have a Helix Plus mattress for plus-size sleepers. The Helix Midnight Bed was just what I was looking for because I'm a side sleeper who prefers a medium for a mattress, and now I sleep like a baby. I fall asleep fast, I stay asleep all night, I wake up feeling refreshed and alert, and I'm not sore anymore. Helix has over 12,000 five-star reviews. They were awarded number one best overall mattress of 2020 by GQ and Wired Magazine, and leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine always recommend Helix to improve sleep. They have a 10-year warranty. You can try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll pick it up if you don't love it. And they even have financing options available. So a great night's sleep is never far away. Right now, Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for you at helixsleep.com slash dailybeans. That's helixsleep, H-E-L-I-X sleep.com slash dailybeans for up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Happy today to be joined by senior legal affairs reporter for Politico, with a focus on the 1-6 aftermath. Please welcome Kyle Cheney. Kyle, hello. Hello, great to be here. It's good to see you again, my friend. It's been a minute. Likewise. I wanted to have you on today because of your reporting on a John Eastman court filing from Tuesday, or court papers. Can you talk a little bit about what you learned about John Eastman? Because there's some never-before-known details that he's put in these court documents. Sure. And so just to step back for a second, the entire court case involving John Eastman out in California, federal court in California, has been really remarkable. Uh, The judge in that case, David Carter, has just been 100 percent sort of lockstep with the committee trying to get John Eastman to share documents relevant to their investigation. He's treated it as an urgent national security investigation and has ruled accordingly. So what the, the filing you referenced was about the judge's order requiring Eastman to disclose his official legal relationship with Donald Trump, which we've never known before that, you know, Eastman is saying, well, I want to withhold some of these documents from the committee because they're attorney client privilege. And the committee said, well, how do we know? We don't know who you were representing and when and how, so prove it to us. And so the judge said, yeah, that's right. And so, so Eastman had to detail in a 40 page filing, uh, how he came to, to work for Donald Trump, and was he representing Trump the person, Trump the campaign, the White House, and what? So we learned in those filings uh, that Eastman joined, officially joined the Trump campaign in December 2020, around December 6th, but had been doing work advising Trump and Trump's team since at least September 2020, before the election even began, anticipating that there would be litigation after the election. So kind of a new window into his involvement in Trump world. And uh, another name popped up that uh, we were all familiar with, Cleta Mitchell. Talk a little bit about that. Yes. Yeah, so she is the person, according to Eastman, who brought him into the fold. She, she reached out to him in September 2020 and said, you know, Donald Trump has tasked me with uh, building an election integrity working group. Will you join it and be a part of it to advise on future litigation that we anticipate after the election? Apparently, he said yes and then began advising on, you know, potential conflicts after the election and, and later became more in, uh, incorporated into Trump world officially. Yeah, we don't like what the DOJ has told us. We don't like what the White House counsel has told us. We're trying to put together a team of lawyers who will tell us what we want to hear. Do you want to be part of it? I'm paraphrasing. We don't have that in writing. I just want everyone to know. Now, there are about 130 or so emails that Eastman is specifically trying to block for attorney-client privilege. And as we know, listeners know, you cannot claim privilege for crimes. There's a, you know, you and if or, or a third party, if a third party was uh, right. involved in this. And what has the judge said as far as 
Is the judge or a special master going to be appointed to go over the documents that John Eastman claims privilege over, or or are we just taking his word for it? So I think what the judge has said is he he, he took this filing from Eastman last night. The committee will respond to that sometime next week. Uh, And then he's going to hold a hearing where he's going to decide, do these claims have merit? And the judge may go document by document and decide. He has said he'll do that, uh, whether if there's still a dispute after that hearing, which should be disclosed and which shouldn't. So it's really a very hands-on process for this judge, uh, more than we've seen any other judge across the country do so far. And and he's saying he'll he'll review each one to see if the claims are legitimate after they've hashed out some of the, the bigger, broader issues about Eastman's claims. And I'm not sure whether Eastman can can appeal some of this or try to try to block the judge from doing this, but that's where it's headed right now. Yeah, that could be tough. I mean, it reminds me of when Judge Reggie Walton went line by line over Barr's redactions in the Mueller report to determine what was exactly. appropriate. And we got a bunch of interesting new information that was seemed to be trying to curtail the depth and breadth of Russian interference in the election through those uh, redactions. Um, big shocker. So we'll keep an eye on that. Another story, uh, you're just all over it on Politico, I got to say, that you put out. North. We're switching gears here. We're going to talk about my favorite tree puncher, Madison Cawthorn in North Carolina. Now, we've already known and seen that a, a group has filed a legal challenge to putting Madison Cawthorn on the ballot. The North Carolina Board of Elections has come back and said to a challenge and said, hey, we do have the authority under Section 3 of the 14th Amendment to, to block insurrectionists, so to speak, from, from running for office. But now we have another level of mm-hmm. officials from North Carolina agreeing with that decision. Can you talk a little bit about this, this latest update? Yes. Yeah, so, so Cawthorn is suing the state elections board to say, you actually can't even consider this challenge to my eligibility because that would somehow be unconstitutional or an abridgment of my constitutional right to run for federal office. And in the course of that lawsuit, the state, uh, represented by the attorney general, has weighed in saying, no, actually, we, we can do this. We can, you know, the, the, the Cawthorne specifically among his many arguments is saying that the constitutional pro- prohibition on insurrectionists seeking office is obsolete. It was only meant to apply to sort of the post-Civil War era, former Confederates and anything beyond that. Uh, is is no longer subject to that provision of the Constitution. And what the state said is, actually, we don't agree with that. We think it was meant to apply to any future potential insurrection and someone who may have supported that. So it's one of Cawthorne's several arguments that the state is affirmatively saying, no, if, if we decide, if the elections board decides that you abetted the insurrection somehow, they do have the ability to bar you from running. But wasn't Cawthorne himself trying to use an outdated Confederate protection rule to sort of like shield himself from this. But now he's saying, no, it's all just out of date. He was well, he was saying that there was a law passed in 1872 that gave amnesty to to some former members of the Confederacy. And he was saying that amnesty law actually uh, waived the 14th Amendment restriction on, you know, insurrectionist candidates for all time. And what the state is saying is, no, we think it only applied to that narrow subset and that the restriction still applies going forward. This is, as you can imagine, a rarely tested uh, legal theory and law. But what the state did do was they cited in a 1920 example of someone who was barred by Congress from from serving because of things he did during World War One. 
So they're saying there's actually precedent for Congress using this outside the context of, of the Civil War. That's really it. So he's got it backwards. He's got it exactly backwards. He's trying to say the 14th Amendment doesn't apply anymore, but this Confederate, the amnesty thing does. And the state AG and the elections board is like, no, no, you got it backwards. The Constitution still applies. It's that Confederate amnesty thing that was just for the Confederates. So do, do, do I sort of have that about right? Is he going to be really mad? I think so. And, and I, have, I have no idea how the judge in this case is going to sort of put what lens he's going to apply to all this because it is so unusual um, and whether there's some reason why the, ninth, the, the 1920 example that the state gave doesn't apply here, but but it, it's a very, kind of a new frontier for these things, especially in the context of the January 6th insurrection. Yeah, we're uh, definitely into new frontiers uh, since it's been so long since this happened. But I, I would imagine that the Constitution does continue to apply going forward on into, on into eternity. Or at least until the democracy holds, I should say. You would think, um, but but we're seeing some strange things get dusted off from that we that we never thought we'd see again uh, in, in history. The, you know, the electoral Ku count Klux act, Klan act, the electoral count. Yeah, yeah. So it's all it's all coming back. Yeah, totally. All right. Well, I appreciate your time today. Everybody, you can follow. I seriously recommend you follow Kyle Cheney, Kyle D Cheney, on uh, Twitter and the social the socials. And we look forward to uh, your reporting and hopefully you can come back on and, and give us an update when we have one. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Thanks very much. Everybody, we'll be right back with the good news. Hey, everybody, it's AG. And I want to tell you about my favorite furniture company from the pe- people who brought you Helix mattresses. They now go to the living room and do furniture, custom, beautiful furniture to your specifications. It's called All Form. And it's designed and customized in accordance with your favorite things. And it's delivered free to your doorstep, fast and easy to put together with no tools. You can design your own luxury furniture using the highest quality materials with all form, but for a fraction of the cost of regular stores. And, you know, regular custom couches from stores have taken like 12, 16 weeks these days. Uh, But my pick, I I got a three-seater leather sofa, and I could never have leather before because of the pod pets, but their fabric is spill stain and scratch resistant. So you get to pick your fabric, and then you can pick the leg finish. I got a walnut finish, and uh, I also added a chaise lounge at the end. It's comfy, and it looks great, and it's amazing. And like I said, it ships fast, five to seven days in the mail, and you can put it together super easy yourself. You don't have to have somebody come and assemble it or have that $99 white glove delivery. Forget all that. You can put it together yourself really fast and easy. And you can start with armchairs and love seats and work all the way up to eight seat sectionals. You can start small and add more seats later if you want. And you get 100 days to decide if you want to keep it. That's more than three months. And of course, if you don't love it, they'll pick it up for free and give you a full refund. So there's no risk. They also have a forever warranty, literally forever. So if the pod pets, you know, get at it which they haven't, which is amazing. I could never have leather before, but they do have a forever warranty just in case. So to find your perfect sofa, check out allform.com slash dailybeans. And Allform is offering 20% off all orders for listeners at allform.com slash dailybeans. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Well, we're blown on good news. It's on the way. And boy, do we need it today, Dana. I tell you what, I need to be a little less angry. Fuckity shit, fuck cocksuckers. Today is bullshit. Yep, I'm with you. Did I get them all in? I think I got them all. I think so. Enough. You got enough in. Definitely not them all, but you got enough. (laughs) Yeah, no, there's way more than that. You're right. Very true. Very just a small selection. Mm. But if you have any good news, corrections, confessions, Halloween photos, recipes, what you're creating, your website, your business, anything you want to send to us, whoobies, you can do it at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. 
I'll kick us off with an, a submission from Kazmom, pronouns she and her. Rock the Kazmom. I love it. <laughs> I have recently discovered a military meaning of the word whoopee. Whoopee is a nickname given to U.S. military poncho liners. Oh. oh, I didn't know that. I was in the military. Now our personal stuffy story. Before we traveled to Kazakhstan to adopt our daughter, first of all, wow, rad. Awesome. Seriously. We slept with a small teddy bear so it would smell like us oh my God. and comfort our soon-to-be daughter when we needed to leave her each day at the baby house. Oh. Later, when we went through the process to readopt her in the States, the judge at family court presented her with a special bear forever known as Judge Bear. She is now a well-adjusted teenager. And as you can see, Baba Bear and Judge Bear are well-loved and still live at the foot of her bed. This is one of the sweetest fucking stories I've ever <laughs> I know. <laughs> I love this. The judge gave her a bear. Oh, man. Bear. That is some good stuff to kick us off with. Which one do you think is Judge Bear? I, I, think, think, Judge Ju- Bear. I think Judge Bear is probably the one on the left. That's what I think, too. Yeah. yeah. And I only say that because the other one looks more worn, so probably smelled like the parents. It would be more my used, guess. Yeah. yeah. More, more smushed. That's my hope. Any gay. Thank you for that. That was, uh, how do you feel uplifted? All right, let's keep going. This is from Liz, pronouns she and her. Hi, hello. How are y'all? I'm a longtime listener. However, this is my first time writing in. Thanks for always putting out amazing content and just being overall kick-ass ladies. So I wanted to adopt a dog for over 13 years, ever since my last pup passed. I took his death really hard. And when I was ready to move on, I had to keep putting it off pet adoption due to moving around so much. Apartment leases can be brutal. Three months ago, I finally got my wish as it was the right time, and I brought home this cutie. His name is Hash Brown Archibald Livingston III. (laughs) Fuck yeah. I know. I've included a few pics and was hoping you all might want to take a crack at guessing what he's mixed with. For what the mutt? I've included his DNA results. He is part Dachshund. Yes. Part Golden. I would say there is some... Chihuahua. Chihuahua, maybe Lab? Maybe a Corgi? There's definitely Dachshund in there. I mean, or I guess it could be Corgi, but they're both long. I still think Dachshund's in there. Yeah, Dachshund. This dog is so fucking... This dog's so fucking cute. (laughs) I know, I love his little shorty legs. I know. Okay, there's another pig. Not helpful, but adorable pig. And the third pig. Oh. I definitely yeah, I see wiener dog in there. That's dog. Yeah, there's definitely wiener dogs. And of course, chow chow, because they're in everything. Yep. Okay. Where do we got results? Results. All right, results. Chihuahua. Chihuahua. Boohoo. Dachshund. Boohoo. Pomeranian. Lab, like a sand. Lab. Cool. We got uh, one, two, three so far. Basset hound and super mutt. Oh, well good done. Stuff. Adorable. The... Adorable. We did pretty good on that one. All right. Next up from Allison, pronoun she and her. I got married on 222. My and Jay's families finally got to meet, and it was such a fun day hearing them share stories and finally become husband and wife. Included are photos from the courthouse ceremony. Thank you, AG, DG, AC, and the rest for always being there and holding it down and keeping us informed. Oh, Allie, look. Beautiful. What a beautiful couple. Oh, that last picture. I know. I love the sleeves on that dress. I do too. Congratulations. That is awesome. All right. Um, This one's from Autumn and Ezra. Uh, Pronouns are she, her, and he, him. Pre-COVID lockdowns, my son Ezra couldn't figure out what to be for Halloween. 
all they could come up with was, quote, a YouTuber. So I wrangled the box into a screen with some mini lights, colored tissue paper, and clear tape. <laughs> we got lots of compliments and had so much fun. Ezra is now nearly 13, smells funny, sounds funny, and is much, much bigger than I am. <laughs> <laughs> he smells funny. <laughs> <laughs> he has no interest in dressing up for Halloween, so this photo is a treasured memory for me. I enjoy the pod. Keep up the great work. Oh, my God. That's awesome. <laughs> this kid is adorable, by the way. Yes, it is. Amazing. Thank you for that. I love, you know, Halloween pictures year round. Send them in. So good. Next up from David, he and him. Hi, ladies. I first started listening after I heard AG interviewed on Trumpcast. I kept meaning to send something to join as a patron, but I never got around to it until now. With that said, here is a what the mutt. First of all, thank you, David. This is Finnegan or Finney. He is the one in the sweater in front of the Christmas tree. We adopted him at age 16. Oh, I love people who adopt senior pets. Me too. His previous owners let his nails grow so long he couldn't walk on his paws. So he has this funny walk. Aww. You can see that on the video if it comes through. They called the shelter and said he was a devil dog <gasps> and that they were going to throw him out in the street if the shelter didn't come in and get I him. I want to throw those people out on the street. What those people. We wanted to make sure his last few years could be in a home where he felt safe and knew he was loved. Well, he happens to be the sweetest dog and now enjoys hanging out with all his siblings in the sun by the pool. We celebrate the little things like him being able to lift his leg to pee. We will be taking him to San Onofre to camp by the beach. I love that. I love that camping beach. And feel the sand as well as to the mountains here in Arizona to smell the trees. Ooh, you going to Prescott? You going to Sedona? Where are you going? Payson? Mm -hmm. I love the mountains in Arizona. I grew up there. My message is that if you have the heart and money, do not underestimate the vet bills. To adopt senior pets, please do. They're often left behind. Also included are pictures of Finnegan's siblings, Jax after a bath and Bailey after a puppuccino. Keep up the great work. <gasps> this is a dort little Basenji type little doggo. So cute. So Curled up sweet. by the fire. Oh, oh, we get to guess. Oh, um, which one are we guessing on? Uh, th uh, this is uh, the sweater in front of the tree. Okay, thank you. Um, Finnegan. That is I, I see part, part perfection, part happiness, and mm -hmm. a little dab of, let's see, I would say maybe there's some chihuahua in there. Yeah. And Basenji, yeah. I, I mean, definitely that dog looks Basenji-ish to me. Yeah, whatever that Doge dog is, right? Yeah. All right, let's see what we got. Finnegan, Chihuahua, Australian cattle dog, chow chow. Oh my God. 12% chow chow. We fucking dropped the ball. <laughs> we live first time. We, we don't say chow chow. I was so sure on Basenji that I just I forged ahead without throwing the chow in the mix. Oh my God. A German shepherd. Yeah, I guess so. Interesting. What a beauty, though. That Chihuahua really took over. And thank you so much for adopting senior dogs, everybody. Oh, I feel lighter after this news. Yeah. Thank you. Important. Thank God That's we have we this section. This. I know. You know, you're such a brilliant person. We need this. <sighs> Thanks. Shake you know, it off. But it's it's really the good news that 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 does it. So yeah. I appreciate everyone sending that in. Do you see how vital you are to everyone's well being? That's mm -hmm. the whole take care of your mental health part of my sign off. So everybody, please send your good news in. Your Halloween photos. Maybe Halloween's past. Of you know, kids when they were kids and they wanted to dress up and they don't anymore. There's, there's a gap, right? Like teenager where you don't. And then f when you're an adult, you're like, hell yeah, let's do it again. Totally. <laughs> so they, they'll go back to it. They will, you know, but uh, you know, any, anything you want to send us at all, you do so by going to dailybeanspod.com. 
and clicking on contact. We really needed it today. And thank you for all these submissions. And thanks for all your submissions every day. Dana, do you have any final thoughts? I'm, I, you know what? I promised that I would at least have at least a final thought a day. So I'm going to, I'm going to grab this one. It's by Robert Lewis Stevenson and says, find out where joy resides and give it a voice far beyond singing for to miss the joy is to miss all. And I say this, we are going on vacation. You'll hear AG and and AC in your ears tomorrow. I will miss you all, but I will just say this, find the joy in the next week because this news, oh shit. So make sure you take a moment to find the joy in each day. Otherwise you will get overwhelmed and we don't want that. And um, to the the wonderful gentleman who sent in the story of his dog and being there with his dog when he crossed the Rainbow Bridge. Oh my God. I was reminded of this Kaddish a friend of mine sent me. And the last line is, when all that's left of me is love, basically when I'm gone, when all that's left of me is love, give me away. And that just really kills me. So I just wanted to share that um, because I was thinking of that when I was reading that. And I wanted to like your final thoughts, even though they're not your quite your final thoughts, because your final (laughs) thoughts are always what? Here they are, everybody until tomorrow, uh, which I think. We'll have the Vinmans with us tomorrow Ooh. unless they need to reschedule because there may or may not be some shit going on in Ukraine right now. I mean, just a little bit. But until then, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health and vote blue over Q. I've been AG. And I've been DG. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg and Amy Carrero. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for the Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants, and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. MSW Media.